0: You're listening to Innovation Fuel, a business podcast by University of Canada West
1: Bringing you fantastic stories for accomplished entrepreneurs and key industry professionals Let's explore the entrepreneurial world through local businesses and our university community Hello, Galari, how are you? Hey, by the way, glory have you signed up for your summer camps yet? Because if you haven't, you're out of luck because they're going to go quickly. <laughs>
0: on the Wednesday morning, I have to ask my students to come late to the cause to register on the summer camp, which is open at 8 and will gone in 10 minutes. What do you do with summer camp?
1: Well, for me, I'm very lucky, man. I- My wife is mostly at at home a lot, does some odds and ends of things, but mostly she takes care of the kids.
0: You have to also consider that your wife gave up something, her professional work.
1: Well, I think, you know, and my wife, Heather, and I talk about this all the time. Like she, she definitely has a love and a passion for the kids, but she's always in the back of her mind going, you know, I had to leave behind my teaching career in order to do this because... We we just couldn't sustain both of them at the same time. Now she's thinking about how she can get back into doing something. Again, it's a tough thing. She loves being with the kids and loves being involved in their activities and involved in them. But she is also kind of stressed because she goes to other peers and other peers are working moms and this and this. And she's like, okay, she has this guilt. Like I think a lot of moms have of this element of I don't have enough time for my kids or I'm not pushing my career ahead.
0: That is a battle for every day for any mother. So when you want to, back, to go to work after maternity leave, you're always asked the question, should I go back or should I stay home? What's the benefit for my family? What's the cost? And some of us will give up of working and just stay at home because the cost is higher than benefit. And I think the society is losing a lot of talent in this way because the cost, it's way more higher than benefits.
1: I agree. I'm just saying, I agree, and I just want to say Happy Mother's Day, by the way. I forgot to say that to you, but
0: say Happy Mother's Day to your wife as well. I think that today we have two brilliant guests that can help us a little bit crack down on the motherhood and the challenge of working mothers. Let's welcome Jamie Samhan, and founder of Hop Wellness, Paige Mobray, social worker, counselor.
1: Yes, welcome to Innovation Fuel, brought to you by University of Canada West. Today we're going to talk about mothers, and we want to learn more about some of the things that mothers are still challenged with out there, and how we can help them overcome these things. Maybe we can have some conversations around these things. We brought some wonderful guests here from a variety of different backgrounds to talk about. Before we get going, let's get to know our guests first. Tell us a little bit about you and your background.
2: Sure, thank you so much for having me. So my name is Paige. I am a mother of, um, fortunately, um, young people now in their 20s, having had survived the grind of having young children. I'm a social worker by training. I work as a counselor therapist in private practice. I work predominantly with women who have experienced lots of challenges in their lives relating to the juggling of motherhood, perinatal mental health, trauma, and other challenges that um, everyday women are experiencing. So thanks so much for having me today.
3: Obviously, I'm a mother here as well, but um, my business background is I used to be managing editor and royal correspondent for Entertainment Tonight Canada, which sounds very, very exciting, but I became exceptionally burned out and the stress of the job really, really took a toll on my health. And that's when I started to realize that there was no wellness programs out there that were fit for mothers, for, fit for women in business. Everything took a lot of time and it was very time consuming or costly. So I kind of set out to change that and create a wellness program that was
0: holistic and that you could fit within your day. Thank you for joining us. Also, I'm a mother of seven years old daughter, girl. So your mother is all here working moms. So uh, talking about working moms, what are your challenges as a working mom?
3: So for me, my kids are much younger still. So mine are seven and nine. And I'm also fairly recently separated. So it's really just trying to find that balance between being there for all their needs as well as being there for running my company. So there's perks to being separated, the fact that we share them 50-50 and everything's very amical, but also just the emotional toll of trying to deal with all of that as an adult, trying to run your company, but then also being there fully present for your children at all moments that you can be and kind of guiding them through this. So that's probably one of the biggest struggles that I'm personally
2: dealing with. That's certainly relatable to me Um, as I was uh, working and raising my sons. um, It's also what I hear commonly for women, from women in counseling, is this sense of tremendous guilt and responsibility for a sort of appearing seamless at all times. Like I am parenting in a way that, you know, is absolutely the most pro social for my children, but I'm also working in a way that I'm like at the top of my field at all times. And and I think there's a lot of tremendous pressure on women to meet these expectations. And I think it's, you know, largely impossible. And so um, often I think women internalize these experiences as being something where they're lacking. And really... We have we live in a society and in a culture that makes it really difficult. You know, we were raised that we could have it all and then we have it all, we can't do it all. I think there's just tremendous pressure on women. I think there's a lot of guilt. I think there's this sort of sense of I I'm not 100% as my, in my role as a mother and I also can't be 100% in my role as an employee or a small business owner and therefore I'm failing when really the, it's actually the workload is probably just too high.
0: Yeah, but I found that Canadian society is very more open than others' culturals uh, about the mothers. So I think that as a Middle Eastern mother, I have a lot of responsibility, a lot of expectation from me.
3: Yeah, definitely. The guilt comes into it and feeling that maybe I'm not being there. Being present is a big one. Sometimes there's emails that need to be answered and you try to be there for them and they call you out for it. And they're like, why are you on your phone? You're supposed to be doing this with me. So yeah, it's the guilt and kind of uh, perceptions that society has on what they think that you should be doing. And everybody has an opinion and obviously not all those opinions are right or right for you. So uh, dealing with how to sort through that as well.
1: Well, take it back over to you, Paige. Like, I, I know I saw you react when you saw Guilt, the Guilt album, when Glory said Guilt. Tell us a little bit more of what the challenges you're facing.
2: Absolutely. And I mean, you know, women often really, their careers is very, very uh, valuable and important to them. There's also the reality of just living in today's society with the cost of living. So it's not possible for most of us, almost all of us, to live any other way. So we are, you know, despite what we might value or want from our lives, we have to be high income earners for our families just in order to sustain the cost of living. So I think
0: it's it's a tremendous amount of pressure. I think the field of anxiety all the time, you know, there is something missing and always my brain is in alert mode. Because if I have to do something, either if it it's work related or a home related or my daughter related, it's something, I never have a peace of mind. Just sit and don't think about it. Just enjoy the moment. I don't have that. And I think it's, it really impacts the wellness of the mothers.
3: Yeah, I know my to-do list is always the notes section on my phone is a mess because it's a constant list of everything that needs to be done, whether it's for the children, whether it's for the business. And yeah, I do think it takes a big toll on people's just their well-being and be able to just sit there and relax. And, you know, it's so easy to say, well, just go meditate for a few minutes, but it's not that easy to just clear your mind. I will be the first to admit I am not great at it either. And the thing that I have found that works best for me is just finding the things, meditation, not my thing but being able to go for a walk you know one of the other many responsibilities on my list is taking our dog for a walk so finding a meditative state as much as humanly possible for somebody who has a million things on the go even if it's just taking a dog for a walk for five, 10 minutes finding something that works for you and if, if you're sitting not sitting still clearing your mind and meditating that's fine that's okay it's not for you but trying to find something that, even if it is just a few minutes, that will help you. Probably the advice that I give most of the other mothers.
0: But what about other pieces of society, like government and accessibility to services can help mothers, especially working moms? What about those? Are there any challenges that mothers are facing?
2: I'm so glad to see that there has been um, certainly a push towards $10 a day daycare in BC. It's not rolled out universally. And of course, there is such a shortage of childcare in general. But I remember before I even had my children we were talking about that at certainly at a federal level that childcare should be $10 a day the way it has been in Quebec for decades. And so I think that I think that there is certainly some some movement in that in that direction which is great but far too slow. And so what happens is that women are trying to piece together strategies that will work at different times and ages and stages of their children. And I think the other part of that is that, you know, as we live in this very much a global community, which is fantastic in so many ways, what we have lost often is that network of having extended family around us. So many of us live in cities where we, we connect with our families in a remote way. But we don't necessarily have and I think for women and certainly around Mother's Day, we don't necessarily have that community of mothers around us the way that traditional societies have had, and we certainly saw many, you know, years ago in Canada. And so I think that wisdom, that support, that like actual practical day-to-day assistance is really really um has really changed and now you know we look to paid outside childcare as a potential solution whereas you know 100 years ago that wouldn't have been the case in Canada so What's happening in our larger society is definitely impacts day to day on how mothers are able to manage the uh, relentless juggle.
0: I'm an immigrant mother. I don't have any support system. My mom is not here. So it's just me and my husband. I have to deal with everything. And also because I'm a working mom. I don't have to socialize with other moms. I don't have to find time to have a friend with them, to be friend with them. If I need something, I don't know where to go because every time that mothers have some social gathering events, during my work time or during that it's after it means I have to take care of my daughter. So I'm always miss those social events. So I cannot find friend or be, be very close relationship with them that I ask help. That is is big part and also you know as you mentioned the costs just look at the summer camp right now every week is 375 or 390 dollars for just weekly summer camp as i work in mom with no social support i always have to register my dollar for a whole summer and it costs me over three thousand dollars so how much i have to work to pay those summer camps You know, it's, this is a big part of the problem in society for me as an immigrant working mom. And I can see that some mothers gave up on working because they cannot, you know, pay the costs of after school or summer camps. Yeah, that
3: was my mom. She had three under three and she just wouldn't be able to make enough to pay for childcare for three children. So fortunately, my dad had a job that he could sustain them and it was tight. But yeah, she had to stay home because she would have just been basically paying to that would have been the whole thing to send all of us to school or to childcare. So she missed out on
0: her career, which she did want. This is really something when you're saying that mothers should sacrifice their aims of professional growth because of their kids. On the other hand, I mean society needs working people, right? Society for economic growth, they need a talented people. And half of those talented people are women. So they have to give up on something, either to work or be mother and to me this is the systematic discriminations against a woman what do you think what should government and society do for it i think we learned a few
2: things out of the pandemic despite the tremendous stress on parents and there's been a lot of research on on mothers and the impact of the pandemic but i also think you know some some new ideas did emerge i think the idea of remote work has been helpful for some it's not a perfect solution by any means it doesn't Take the burden away, but it can make the juggle see, feel like it, things are a little bit smoother. And so, certainly, there there was, you know, in the last six months or so, this a lot of dialogue around the return to the office. And I think for um, for for mothers that had sort of been able to stabilize their childcare situation because of their ability to work remotely, that return to the office has been a real burden. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to know if the benefits of the return um, (laughs) far outweigh the actual stress on employees. Because we live in a society where kids in traditional childcare centres are not able to attend programs when they're sick. Someone has to be at home taking care of those children. And that often falls to moms to to do. And the only way that you can do it without feeling tremendous pressure from your employer is when you're able to work remotely and do that juggle in some way. So I think for a lot of women, it has offered a little bit of an opportunity to kind of just sort of stabilize things. It's uh, It's not be all end all by any means.
1: I have three kids, by the way, and a a wonderful wife that is actually mostly stay home because of three kids and the activities they do. But then I think of other individuals out there, and especially around the activities and the effect on the child. You know, if the inflation is high, all these things are high, you need to work, you can't get them to activities, or you can't get them to the activities to actually support their activities, like they're being affected by this element too. So it's kind of a two-sided element to this.
3: I know I have to drive into the city for a lot of that and my schedule is flexible and I do work from home most of the time but when you do have to be into this city for things yeah I have to calculate at least an extra two and a half hours into my day just commuting and then once again there's the issue of well, where do the children go most child care is not for an hour in the morning or an hour and a half in the afternoon, so there's just that constant battle of you know how do you schedule it all in. Yeah I, I feel
0: for you i do but some jobs, you know, like my job, I have to be in campus at least three days a week. And it it's bring another anxiety to me to be on time and leave on time to make sure I can pick up my daughter. But if it's a traffic in line, I, as a person, I mean, as an immigrant mother, I don't have anyone to call. Please pick up my daughter. <laughs> you know, that is that is a lot of anxiety brings. But some of the jobs, they don't have the luxury of working from home all the time. What kind of accommodation we can have for working moms? I think
2: enhanced childcare for sure. I mean, childcare is is a necessity for women to have an equitable place in the workforce. There's no question about that. But also, childcare needs to um, be able to meet the realities of, of people's schedules. Uh, for instance, you know, there are thousands of healthcare workers who work twelve-hour shifts, and childcare never is able to to work around that kind of a shift work. For those of us who are commuting long distance like into the city, because of the cost of living and living so far from where we work, childcare doesn't necessarily accommodate that the challenges and schedules. So I think that's definitely one piece. But also I think it's about it's it's about the informal connections and communities that it's so important in our lives and often largely missing in a more urban community where you have people that you can rely on when our families are living in other parts of this of the world that is especially necessary i mean we are wired to connect and we need to have people in our lives that we can can
0: lean on there is some but there is the wait list the wait list for those is huge you know we understand there is a shortage of daycare or after ch- aftercare or whatever child care, child mining. we know that? What kind of benefits or incentives do we offer to those people that we can start our own business?
2: I think that's a really, really good point. If you want to look at the wait list for child care, we need to understand why is childcare so hard to access. And one of the reasons is that it's a female dominated field that is largely very poorly paid. And in this cost of living environment, it's very hard to be able to support yourself on those lower salaries. So it it just, it makes it hard to attract wonderful people to the field.
0: Absolutely. You know, just look at the, even the way, even the summer camp, back to the summer camp, they open the the list of the summer camp classes, uh, programs at 8am, and they will fill in eight ten. 10 minutes after that. And we work. I had a class this week on the summer camp time. I had class. I had to ask my student come 10 minutes later that I can actually register, register my daughter. Why is like gambling? You know, always- I compare it to the Hunger Games. Trying to get your
3: children into swim lessons or into summer camps is like the Hunger Games. Absolutely.
0: So it's showing the shortage of facilities. For summer camps, it's, it's not affordable, Theo, I told you. It's very expensive. Still, a lot of people are applying because they don't, we don't have any other choices that summer camp.
2: You know, when you have to, to sign up and you have to feel like you're in a lottery kind of system, who's being excluded? And so, you know, we know that there are kids that would potentially really benefit from those opportunities, but it requires some resources for moms to be able to, to initiate that, to sign them up, to be able to cover the cost, all those things. So, you know, it is, it's, it's certainly not even a system that's accessible to every child or family.
1: Yeah. It takes a community to raise a child. You know, it takes a community of not only the, the immediate family, but it's the friends, the elements that are around that element, you know, it's it definitely becomes like, I love what you're saying, Paige, because I think the other side of it, I love even what Jamie said about Hey, what happens if I need immediate services because I have to go do it with this emergency? Where's the community support? Where's those pieces that I can quickly say, hey, someone can look after my child and pick them up from school because I got to go deal with this.
3: Yeah, as somebody who runs a company and other people I've spoke to who also have their own, it's now trying to figure, realize, and COVID did help with this a bit, is that maybe you don't need to be tied to your desk. Obviously, for people who have to be in person, this doesn't always necessarily work, but You don't need to be tied to your desk nine to five. If you get the work done in the time that works for you, that's really what the ultimate goal of your job is. It's much more uh, proficient and successful in your job when you kind of have that flexibility. So I do see more employers starting to go that way. Unfortunately, though, for positions where you can't do that, it makes it a lot more difficult. And I'm definitely not an expert in that area of what they could do, but something needs to be done to help mothers because there's so many different roles like retail, for example. Obviously, they can't just leave the store, but there needs
2: to be some sort of flexible schedule. Especially as the federal government being such a huge employer and also sort of setting the tone. I think employers need to, you know, consider what is your desired outcome. And if your desired outcome is to have a engaged workforce where women are visible and participating and working to the best of their capability, then you need to design systems that support women and the realities of women's lives. And and I think, you know, you do hear like the one-offs like my employer is really great and I'm able to like start early I leave for two hours I do get my kids do to do the shuffle and then I work with like two hours in the evening and that's how it works for me for this point in my life and I and and I think those are one-offs and those are great but when we take away as the federal government's doing is take away the idea of having a policy that generalizes across it makes it harder. You're definitely employees are at the mercy of their individual manager to help support them.
1: You know, guys, uh, this conversation has been absolutely brilliant. And, uh, and I love that we're starting to open some of these things. And I think we're starting to challenge some of these things and even perspective of these things, both on a social, corporate level, as well as an individual level. But what kind of a challenge can we throw out to our audience here? We got to get people to think differently here. And maybe we can throw out a challenge either to the students that are that are listening to this, or even the macro audiences listening to this. A micro challenge, a macro challenge, whatever you think will help move this forward. What do you think?
3: Well, for me, I think we kind of already touched on this, but it's just be considerate of whatever people's situations are. So if you are a manager, or even if you are expecting a service, from another company just be considerate of what their situation might be and especially you know if they're a mother have
2: compassion for the situation that they're in I think that's brilliant Jamie and just to sort of take on to that I would say remember that raising children is the most important role in terms of the the development growth and and health of our society so that is what we need to do. That is the raising of the next generation. And the way that we invest in mothers pays off in our society in future generations, for sure. And also just, you know, acknowledge, I think, if you're an employer and you see a woman who's a mom who is incredibly stressed out, and you will, to really think like, what role can I play in taking some of this stress off and supporting this person to feel that they're able to perform at their best? Not for just for that person, but for your organization in general, it will pay off in dividends.
1: Let me wrap this up by saying, let's do one little thing, one little thing that's going to change an impact here. Thank you very much, uh, both Jamie and Paige, for your time today. That's another episode. Oh, and my course, my co-host, Galari, who's also a mother. I have to recognize that. Uh, That's another episode of Innovation Fuel.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Innovation Fuel. We are on all podcast streaming platforms, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.
1: Visit our website at www.ucanwest.ca slash innovation fuel also follow us on instagram at innovation underscore fuel